Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. Church, you may be seated in Jesus' name. Oh, this is amazing. Um, I'm not cutting you short. We'll have a, a wonderful moment in the Lord. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Can you clap for that? We welcome you to Shiloh. Praise the name of the Lord. Wherever you're joining us from, feel, feel at the feet of Jesus. And if this is your first time to fellowship with us, we want you to feel at the feet of Jesus. I want us to honor the presence of the men and the women of God man and woman of God of this house. Can we do that? <laughs> Pastor Guma and Apostle Joyas, well done. That's what it's supposed to be, you see? He stood on his feet. He's not worshipping a man. We honor the grace of God upon men. Shiloh, it's not a cult and it is not... You know the devil wants to destroy such things in the body of Christ. I've always said that the best um, gift that God gives to a local church is a shepherd. Praise the name of the Lord. You're blessed you'll have a pastor and you'll have apostles in the house. And no evangelists are rising in this congregation. Teachers already we have. I have tested the teaching ministry of desire. Praise the name of the Lord. And I know there are many teachers in this house that are rising. Evangelists are going to rise. And the prophets already we have in the house. Say amen. If you believe, say amen. Those of you joining us live online, you're welcome from wherever you're joining us from. In Jesus' name, I believe that you're going to be blessed. Amen. I want you to pray for yourself before I teach. I want you to say, Spirit of the living God, touch my life afresh in the name of Jesus. Break every tradition in Christ in a Christianity. You understand what I mean by that? Tell him, Holy Spirit, I thank you for the eyes that hear and the ears that, uh, the eyes that can see and the ears that can hear. In the name of Jesus, quicken my understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Any power of darkness on assignment to confuse the word of God, to steal the word of God from me. You're a liar. I frustrate your agenda. I command you back off in Jesus name. Spirit of the living God. Thank you for your revelation and knowledge. Thank you because the spirit of wisdom, revelation and understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the knowledge of God is at work in my life right now. I will not be the same 
in Jesus' name. You have just prayed for yourself and I hope you believe in the power of your own prayer. Because there's no powerful prayer than the one you pray for yourself. The name of the Lord Jesus be magnified. How many of you have invited someone to church? If you have invited someone to church. You see, um, today marks a great, I want you to give us these 16 weeks, no 16, 6 weeks, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We are on a mission as Shiloh. And I believe the next six weeks are going to be transformational uh, weeks in your life. The next Sundays, are you hearing me? And I pray that your life will not remain the same in these six Sundays. If you truly know that you are, you are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and you live for his own glory, called for his own glory, and then you will jump on the wagon of what God is about to do. Praise the name of the Lord. He's already doing, but you are aligning yourself with what God is doing. Somebody said amen. You see, the reason I started by asking this, and I'm going to ask it anytime I stand on this altar, I will ask you. Who invited somebody to church? Who reached someone? Who reached a soul? You know why? There are two types of believers in the church. Tell your neighbor, you know I love preaching with people. Tell them there are two types of believers in the church. There are broilers and there are layers. Tell them broilers and layers. You know... Now, I don't know which one you are, but you know you will know who you are. You see, broilers, they eat a lot of mash, isn't it? They eat and eat and eat and, uh, and they, 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 they just grow up. Huh? They just grow fat, but they don't lay no egg. They eat and eat and grow fat, but they don't, they don't give no return. But on the other hand, the layers, as they're eating the mash, this what they're dropping eggs, dropping eggs. So there are those believers that they feed me type, feed me, feed me Lord, I want more, I want more, but they don't release nothing. They are the kind that are, are under a disease we call spiritual constipation. You know, spiritual constipation, you feed, but you never release. You would have been intentional. If you were a purposeful Christian, you would be intentional. That when you hear the word, you, you, you know, once you are fed, you look for somebody to feed. But if the, the, the entire, if the, if the word of God that you receive ends with you, you have just robbed the heaven. Grace is meant to be transferable, not to be contained. When grace is just contained and not released, it becomes distress. 
most people become stressed and distressed because you feed but you never release the message was amazing church was good today How, do you think God is in the business of entertaining you or exciting you God is in the business of empowering you what are you empowered for you are empowered to empower someone else. But when the empowerment ends with you and it's all about you and you, you have become the very idol that you are worshipping. Because it's about you. You know, I remember when my wife was going through her sickness and the Lord told her, it's not about you. Many times we forget and we think it's about us. We become self-absorbed. It's about me, 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 me. But tell your neighbor, it's not about me. Tell him it's not about you. It's about the master. Church, are you here? So bless yourself for these teachings. Because I know we are intending. Jesus told us, go and make disciples of all nations. Isn't it? So these are six weeks of discipleship. Preparing us as Shiloh. To step into the mission and the vision for which this church exists. Your amen needs deliverance. I said, for which this church exists. Somebody say, I hear you. I want to start like this before even I start. This is just um, Isaiah calls them preambles or whatever he calls them. But uh, I want you to understand this before I even talk to you or start teaching. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that there are many churches in England? Now, of course, when I ask a question like that, don't try to be so English. So of course, you know we know. You see, when God calls us, he wants us to be... Imagine if I was asking that question to Sunday school. You know what they, would, they should have done? Everybody would have done that. You know why you don't, you don't have that in here? Because... Most people, as we grow, let me say this, natural phenomenon, every natural phenomenon points to a supernatural reality. Every natural event or occurrence points us to a supernatural reality. In other words, that if you are David, you should look at the sheep and perceive that your relationship to a sheep, the natural phenomenon taking place, the shepherd between his sheep, that you should look at the natural phenomenon between the relationship of a shepherd and his sheep and get a, a supernatural reality behind it that the Lord God is my shepherd. He cares for me the way I care for this. Are you understanding me? And then you should have looked at the gentility of the dove and perceive that the Holy Spirit and God is of a gentle spirit. Natural phenomenon pointing to supernatural what? Realities. 
So Jesus says, whoever wants to be great in the kingdom should be like these ones. He points you to a natural phenomenon, which is pointing you to a supernatural reality that he wants you to understand. Is the church with me? Are you following me? He says, whoever wants to be great among you should be like these little ones. In other words, that if you want to know that you are attaining greatness, the higher you go, the childish the childishness you should remain in God. You didn't hear me. The more success, the more childish in God you should remain. If are you are you hearing me? If a child hears good music here, <laughs> they'll be dancing. The danger is here. When you lose true backsliding is when you lose your spiritual innocence. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? When you become important, I have seen pastors, men of God and women of God, worship, while worship is going on, they are doing this. They are pocketing. We worship you. Oh, hallelujah. Others, they are those who actually stay in the office while praise and worship is going on. They are too important to attend to worship. So they leave the worship to the praise and worshipers. After they have finished, man of God is ushered in. The most important guy of the occasion is now ushered in. While everybody else, make room, make room. Somebody greater is coming. You are not the Holy Ghost. All these, I call them Pentecostal fulleries, are what have denied the move of the Holy Spirit in the present church. And some are young people begin to look at you because true discipleship is through observation. The, great, the highest level of learning is observational learning. Now I want to show you something. Church, are you, look, are, you, are you looking at me? I want you to imitate exactly what I'm going to do. Follow me. Well, listen to my instructions as I tell you. Lift up your right hand. Are you with me? As you lift up your right hand, I want you to follow me. Look at me. I want you to begin to rub, rub your chin. Keep running what? What are you rubbing? You're rubbing your chin. Say, I'm rubbing my chin. Is this your chin? But when I say follow me, you are all rubbing your what? I was rubbing my forehead, but I'm telling you rub your chin. But, but you know where you began? <laughs> where? Because you cannot dismiss the power of an example. The power of observation. So that's why you tell your children at home, don't gossip, but they hear you on the phone gossiping everybody in the church. What example are they going to pick? You pick up your phone gossiping everybody in your church, but say, you know what? I don't like gossip in this house. You are trying to tell them, be smarter gospers than myself. Be too smart in your gossiping that I don't catch you. So, you come to the house of God. And I'm saying, you see ministers, as the praise is going on, you as a mother, as a father, you're pocketing. What do you think your child is going to do? 
that's why they don't believe that your God is real. Because the way you treat him, you, you set question marks for your children. Whether this thing we are in is real or it's just one of those things uh, therapeutic to us where we go to spend some time. Then later you see them as they come, they grow into their youth and teens. They forsake the church and you complain. You were a bad example at home when it came to showing them Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? So I was saying pastor comes from there. They usher him. Service. The worship is done. Praise is done. The great man and woman of God. The awaited man is coming in. <laughs> all the things people watch. What I'm trying to say in all this. Never lose your spiritual innocence. I said never lose your spiritual innocence. Remain a child. Remain what? I remember, I always say this, when I first came to Christ, our first a cappella we used to sing with the group I had formed, we called, used to call ourselves Triple B, the Blood Boat Brothers. And the song was, Enos is a child's heart, is made of treasure so true, a heart full of simple things and so free, innocence. Is something that we all long for just to be free from the filth. Oh, when will this be? Yeah. Jesus, I'm tired of pretending much longer being strong when I'm so weak. I'm begging to be just like a child. He never worries, He never gives a care. He trusts and loves everyone, never minds who. He'll do anything for anyone who asks. Oh, how I long to be free. Free to be just like a child. A child who never minds. A child who freely gives. Jesus, I'm tired of pretending much longer. Being strong when I'm so weak. I am begging to be just like a child. When a child is weak, doesn't need to try to. You, Most of us have lost the spiritual innocence. Even when you're hurting, you're trying. Sometimes, you, you, if you're hurting... You need to understand, you, sometimes you don't need to try to be strong when God has put up mechanisms and the people around you to help you. You see why you're quiet? Now that has hit home. Mm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And now, that in itself we are talking about discipleship. These six weeks are intentional weeks. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28. That's what they call the Great Commission. It is to convert a believer. A, 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 a convert must become a disciple. Are you hearing me? A sinner is converted into a saint 
this saint has to become a disciple. A disciple, are you hearing me? Is a student. Somebody said disciple is a student. A student of what? A student of the lifestyle of the master and his teachings. The lifestyle of the master and his teaching. That is discipleship. Jesus has never called us just to increase numbers without disciples. Our focus must shift. The successful church seeks numbers. The victorious church looks for disciples. God does not advance his kingdom with numbers, but he advances it with just not numbers, but their hearts. So my spiritual father says, as you count heads, God counts hearts. Now we are 1,000. How many hearts are connected to Jesus? I always say this, I did not know that I had backslidden until I left England and went to Africa. A disciple, one of the steps towards discipleship is the loss of your reputation. You didn't hear what I said. You look at Matthew 10. Whoever wants to become my disciples must first of all forsake himself. That is lose your reputation. Lose your reputation. That's why you find people and say jump. When somebody says everybody, the song says jump to the Lord. And you are, you are just shrugging your shoulders. Do you think God doesn't know the difference between jumping and shrugging shoulders? Some of you, you know, you have lost your spiritual innocence that you came to Christ with. That when worship and praise is going on, you have become too important to God to dance and to raise your hands. Somebody say, our God is a purpose-driven God. Is a purpose-driven what? Now, this morning, as I was meditating upon this message, that uh, these teachings, and I said, God, I know that I have been ministering and empowering ministries and leaders, even in Africa. What is the direction I should start? Give me the direction. I don't want to just say things for the sake of saying. And as we were worshiping, as soon as I heard Apostle, when we came here, Apostle was leading us in prayer. And the Lord was communicating things to me. Are you ready to hear? Now, I said purpose-driven God. Now, if our God is a purpose-driven God, and you believe that our God is a purpose-driven God, then I believe that everything that God says and does is purpose driven and the same attribute 
must be exhibited in the lives of those who claim to be his children. Church, are you hearing me? Please understand that these teachings are not just another sermon. My intention and the motive of this sermon, of these teachings, is to draw you from where you were, that you may become a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Not a church goer. Not a church attendant. God is not interested in church attendance. God wants disciples. Church, I said God wants disciples. If you are agreeing, say amen. Amen means let it be so. You are agreeing. God wants disciples. You see, if we profess to be children of God who is purpose driven, then we should be purpose driven. Our conversations, our events and actions must be purpose driven. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm glad that as I stand here to talk to you, I'm within my rightful anointing and assignment. I am glad I'm at the center of God's will. Most of you don't understand this. I am not called to a particular church. I am called to the body of Christ. But whereas when I had my encounter, and I think I thank God because one who speaks these days, I won't say like the Baganda Center, the one who's talking to himself keeps doing what? Turning around. I'm speaking to people who are online, and I know this video will go far. I remember in 1994, I had another encounter with the Lord Jesus. And I came and I told my pastor that I was serving under my mentor, Pastor Herbert Chiwanuka in Bogonga. So I left prayer palace and I came back to him and I told him, this is what I've seen. And before I finish, he shut me up and said, quiet, let me finish everything for you. Don't tell me the rest of your dream. Let me finish it. And he told me my dream that I had heard. And he told me, God has not called you just as a pastor, but as an apostle. But even when David was called to be a king of Israel, he did not, did you see him when he went to the battlefield to take food to his brothers and Goliath was there? Did you ever hear him mention I'm a king? And I said, no. And I said, and he told me, this is why many ministers die. Never call yourself a king until your time comes. So I served under him for eight years as brother Moses. My first ordination as a pastor and to being a pastor, I was ordained by him. My apostolic call, I was ordained. I left here as a pastor. I left UK to obey the call to go to Kenya as a pastor. November 2016, my spiritual father, Apostle Tony, God tells him, fly over to Kenya. His hour has come to step into his office of the apostolic. And he came and ordained me as an apostle. Because that's what Jesus in my encounter from Islam, initially my seven hours of encounter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what he showed me. Now this is important for you to understand 
why we are having these six weeks and why I'm excited about what I'm doing now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why God sent me here to Shiloh? This is just the beginning of what God is going to do in Shiloh and in the churches in the UK. You see, when God told me, go, you know, November the 5th, God says, go back to where? You know, he says, 2018 November, you and your wife are going to come together go, and I'm going to use you to glorify my name. You will restore my altar, talking about the altar of the ministry that I had once here before. And I... I was struggling and when I came I thought it was about that ministry in my I began to pray in my house thinking and some people that are love to see the grace of God manifest in my life came to me oh, we need to pray we need to do this thing yeah you know so fellowship is in my house the numbers are beginning to increase and God tells me this is not what I called you to do I've not called you to come back to England to start a church and I kept on praying. For two years since the pandemic, I've been, I was asking. Told me, shut this thing down, the fellowship. So, but I was asking for clues and how to shut this thing down. Until the Lord provided a scenario and a circumstance that came. That now facilitated for that. Boom, closed it, but I didn't hear where to go, what to do. Kept on praying until God told me here. Shiloh people, I want you to pay attention. When God sent me to Shiloh, pay attention to the details. When we came, my wife is a Sunday school. Everybody who knows my wife, her passion is with children. And that's where she, that's her profession. She teaches. She teaches. She's an, she's an educator. She teaches children. That's her job. But now listen. When we came, that's why most people don't pay attention. That's why they miss God. When we came here, I was texting the pastor and the pastor think they had meetings in Coventry or Birmingham somewhere. And, uh, and he, he wasn't getting back to me, but I was like, I wanted, for me when I hear God, I have to obey and move. That's why when the Lord told me, leave Kenya, I, did not, I mean, leave UK, go. Go to Africa. I did not have to consult on left, right, and Jack. I... After my conference, little suitcase flew to Germany from Germany to Kenya. So when I came, guess what? I, just, I told my wife in the morning, dress up, let's go sit in the congregation. I will tell him when he finishes ministering, if he's there, I will tell him what God has told me. That day as we came, it was the same week that the Sunday school teacher and the husband, the sons of this house, had bought a house outside London and they were relocating, isn't it? And they were wondering who's going to take over the Sunday school. If I accidentally and the devil led me here, what a, a, a demonic coincidence that they are struggling, wondering. Yes, we, we prayed for them to be blessed. They are going. We have to release them in pain. But now who's going to take over the Sunday school? That's the Sunday we appear here as an answer. Now you, some of you think it is still ordinary. My issue when the Lord was telling me, Nisha says, go and be 
a voice of consolation to them. Go and be an, I don't know what they've gone through, but that's what, I didn't know nothing about Shiloh. Go be an, a, a consolation. I understand most of you understand English more than I do, but when God tells you to be a, a voice of consolation to somebody, that means they've gone through pain and a heart. Go and be comfort to them. Go serve them. Are you hearing me? Let me also help you, you who are more religious and not spiritual. Let me help you. God, many times we religiously say, Alpha, Omega. You are worthy of Exactly. Alpha and what? Who is your God? Alpha and beginning and beginning and so what does it mean alpha alpha means god starts things god does what what is omega end if you were never told god begins the things but also god can end things god can start a thing and end it this is the dilemma that when God ends something and you insist on it, you are operating outside of his will. That's why the Bible says there is a season and a time for everything. A time to bath and a time to die. And it says there's a time to kill. This is God talking. There's a time to kill. There are times when God wants to kill certain things in us at the same time in order to birth certain things. Are you hearing me? So now coming back to this God of purpose and that aligns you to understand now I'm here in my apostolic rightful anointing. Somebody say I hear you. And we are here to disciple you to do the work of God. Somebody say, I hear. Give me Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Everybody's going to read it in Jesus' name. The issue, the problem we have as the scripture goes on there, Ephesians 4, 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. In 12, it says, For let everybody, let's read together, shall we? And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Why did he give the apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors? Why? Everybody, loud to read to equip. The saints for the work of ministry. There's a comma. Why are apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, and evangelists exist in the body of Christ? To equip you for the work of ministry. Equip you for service. Not to encourage you to continue to warm the pew. We are equipping you when you come to church. You come to be equipped for the work of the master. The reason God hasn't trusted true wealth and riches to the believers is because they are ignorant of his purpose. They are ignorant. That's why they keep struggling. 
Because they are ignorant of the purpose of God. At the center of God's will. Now this is not to brag. Because I'm in the center of God's will, there are many times I've been in places and, and I, I used to work here hard. Are you hearing me? But I never, I worked hard, was doing a good job. I never owned myself what? Yeah, I never bought myself a car. At the center of God's will, an expensive Jeep was given to me in Kenya. But as they're giving it to me, God says, give it, give it to someone else. I handed it over. But also let me testify to you. Have we not been in a lockdown here since 2020? In the lockdown, by the grace of God, my family was able to purchase two pieces of land. And, and you don't know how it came in the lockdown. At the center of God's will. Why am I saying this? If you stand in what God told you to do, the Lord will bless you. Do you understand what I'm saying? God can't entrust certain things to his children because they don't understand the purpose of God. For their lives, we equip you for, somebody said, I am equipped for the work of ministry. Are you working now for the work of ministry? What is it that you are doing for ministry? Even to tithe is a problem. Even to, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we are, Lord, increase my, increase me, increase, increase you for what? Let me tell you, God can't increase a rebel. Because the rebel will come and fight God. Empower me, empower me. God can't empower a rebel to come and fight him. Are you hearing me? Are we, are we are reading Ephesians. Where is it go? Verse. We're still there. To equip the saints for the work of. Uh-huh. And why do apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists exist in the church? For the building up of the. Why do they exist? Building up what? Building up the body of Christ. Now, if you, you, the only person as I know who goes solo is the devil. Now, I mean, he's self-made. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, don't brag. For me, I am self-made. The only thing I know that is self-made is the devil. You see, God never made Satan. God created Lucifer. Ah, church is not listening. God created Lucifer, not Satan. Satan mean, ad, means adversary or enemy of God, isn't it? So did God create Lucifer, Satan, or he created Lucifer? Lucifer, the beautiful, bright morning. Are you, are you hearing me? That's what God created. Now, Satan <laughs> became Satan because of himself, self-made. Now, if you are one of those people, me, I don't need to be in a church. I don't need to go to church. Nobody talks to me. Now, you know what spirit is operating in you. Independent spirit is a demonic spirit. Somebody said the independent spirit. Don't mind, Titus is going to look after the wife. 
That's a good man. Clap for him. Wife is heavy. And that's understandable. Are you, are you hearing me? Yeah, I need to clarify because some people think, hey, is he running away from the word? He's not. Somebody say, um, I mean, no, no, I was saying, you see, an independent spirit is a contrary spirit. Are you hearing me? Independence. You see a lot of people, this is the problem with the church. When God speaks about consecration, when we preach consecration, the church practices isolation. Consecration means the separation. You are separation or consecration is a theological term meaning you are separating yourself from the world, from the flesh, from pride, from anything that is contrary to the will of God. You're separating yourself from it unto God. Consecration separates me from everything else unto God. Isolation takes me out of fellowship with God and the believers. No one lives in isolation that seeks to fulfill God's agenda. Ah, you said, Apostle, you, give me Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. Read. We came to disciple you. What am I saying? That demon that told you you don't need fellowship is from hell. That demon that tells you that church must only be virtual. Fellowship is not God never designed. Are you hearing me? Do not be so technologically advanced that you become spiritually bankrupt and wicked. The scripture is sacred. Christianity is a scripture. Christianity is not modern. Scripture is not modern. It is sacred. So when you say, you know, these days we have advanced, let your advancement not be foolery advancement, but spiritual advancement. It is only he who has advanced spiritually that has truthfully advanced, not the one that has advanced technologically. Most people that have technologically advanced, they are confused whether I am technologically advanced yet confused whether I am a, I think I am a male locked up in a I'm a, I'm, I'm a female locked up in a male body yet technology that's a professor telling you that intellectually advanced spiritually demoted you tell me you have advanced thank you for being so sophisticated that you no longer can't tell even the clothes between female clothes and male clothes. You are so advanced. Even dogs know that a male dog will not go with a, with a male dog. You are spiritually advanced. Technologically advanced, yet confused. Now you come here to tell me Christianity is old. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you now? Have you, uh, where is this Proverb 28, 1? It says, verse 1. It says, so everybody read. Uh-huh. We are not called to flee. We are called to stand. Somebody say, I hear you. 
Now give me that scripture that says, he who isolates himself seeks his own interests. Proverbs. Is it? Proverbs 1. Help me. <coughs> he who isolates himself. Anybody, the Googlers, have you found it? Huh? 18.1. It's a read. That's what I'm saying. When you isolate yourself, you are not seeking God's interests. Now, if, are you hearing me? This is the power of God's word. <laughs> Listen, read the word. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own word. Is he seeking God's, own, God, God's desire? Now, if you are seeking God, your own desire, your own desire will protect you. When you come to a point when you need protection, when you need healing, go and inquire from your desire, not God. Whatever you isolate, you consecrate yourself to, must be the one to protect you. God cannot protect whatever is isolated from him. And that's why you find Christians dying and say, how can he and she and them die? As you're trying to say that God is unfair. Before you come to conclusions, I must submit to you, no accidents. They are not true accidents in life. They are causes and effects. Are you listening to me? You see, this is the problem that even when disaster has hit, they are still blind. <laughs> I love the Bible. Look now, verse 2 says, a full text pleasure in, uh, uh, you see, read. You say, so you don't say this apostle insulted us. The word of God, everybody read. Now, whatever I am saying, if you're not taking pleasure in what I'm saying, you're a fool. According to God, not me. Whatever I am speaking is biblical, word-based. If this teaching is annoying you, that's why you need deliverance from demons disturbing you. You watching online and you watching here, listening here. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding. What does that mean? Reverse it. A wise man takes pleasure in understanding. But only a fool only, what does he take pleasure in? In expressing his own opinion. Can you tell your friend it is the word, not your opinions that matter? You know, children of God, are you listening to me? You came to Christ. You came to Christ. You are aging in Christ with no fruit. Are you listening to me? Born again. Right now you ought to be teachers by behaving like babies. Let me help you. There are are you listening to me? Today I am laying a ground for next Sunday. Who is listening? By the end of these six weeks, 
we are going to have a new church in this church. That's my desire. After six weeks, we will then be able to put you on probation in various departments. We are not going to appoint anyone in any department until you have gone through these six weeks of training. There is no leader besides the apostle and the pastor. Every other department is hereby dismissed by my apostolic authority. You are not a lead of anything here. Have you heard? Why? You'll be trained. You'll be appointed. And I tell you, and we will make sure you have a job description for everybody. Just the way you see in a workplace. So you'll not say, uh, me, I don't know what I'm saying. Even with job, I've al they already written job description. Who you report to, what you do, what your department is all about. Not this haphazard. Who you report to when somebody comes and asks you, you know, I'm talking about Ashari. I'm not the Asher. I'm in the, I'm in the media team. That's not, uh, please, you're no wrong. Go, go to the media, the head of media. Are you listening? I was talking about aging in the church without growing in Christ. That's a danger. You are aging in the church. What is aging in the church? Adding years without muttering in your generation. The people who age in the church seek other ministries like instead of evangelizing, the evangelism is gospelizing. Gossip, gossiping is their gospel. Because you are aging in Christ in the church. Can I tell you, you were not called to age in the church. You were called to grow in Christ. Oh, maybe you don't. Uh, give me scripture. Give me scripture so people will not say, this man talks about things we don't. They're not scripture. He was telling us, he was talking like motivational speaker. Thank you very much. Give me First Peter chapter, First um, Peter 1, 2. Let's go. First Peter 1, 2. This is discipleship. Somebody said discipleship. <laughs> the devil is now like, why Moses? Why are you saying these things? Why are you teaching them? That devil is mad. You are going to be fruitful in Jesus' name. Some of you, the jobs you are looking for, the reason things were not happening, you are outside of God's will. That's why you're struggling. Because whatever you want to earn, you want to spend on you. There's no kingdom. You know, you are just, you know, Christians are, are, are the best award, stellar award winners are Christians. Think first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Bible wasn't given for your quotation, but for your transformation. Oh, ever since, hey, what's that scripture? Seek first the kingdom of God and this righteousness will be added unto you. But you are not even seeking his kingdom. You are not living for the kingdom. You have, you have actually progressed in, in quoting scripture. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, the Bible wasn't given for your quoting. Scripture is not for quotation, but for transformation. Huh. Have we looked at 1 Peter, uh, um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 
two. What does it say? Oh, that's not the one. It said, go to, go, go to um, First Peter 2 1. I beg your pardon. 2 1. 2 1. Thank you very much. Ah, that one. That's the one I was looking for. Somebody said, everybody has a beginning. Everybody begins as a baby in Christ. But you should not remain a baby. Now, there are people who have decided in Christianity to practice what psychologically we call spiritual. Should I say this? <laughs> you know, in psychology, when a child fails to develop beyond a certain stage to another stage, you know what we call it. What do we call it? Um, delay, but there's a term. Uh, 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 um. <laughs> yeah, I, I will mention it. Let me first. Let's first go to this. Where, what was my scripture? Let's go. Verse 2. Uh huh. Uh, okay, let us start from verse 1. I love, please, please clap for people in the media there. They are, they are in the spirit with me. So let us start from verse 1. Everybody loud and go. So put away all and all this. Now, you know what malice is all about? Malicious people are slanderous people. Now, do you know what slander means? The word slander. A malicious person is a slanderous person. Now, let me tell you what slander is. Slander is to tell the truth about an individual with the motive to, to destroy their character before another person. You found Apostle Moses on the pulpit of Shiloh doing wee-wee. It is true. You caught him doing what? Then you go to Pastor Guma. You don't, you see that Apostle Moses, you don't know him. Let me, you don't know Moses. I'm going to, I tell you, even this is the video. The guy was weeing on the pulpit. He was weeing. What is the, God will look beyond the words you're telling Pastor Guma and judge the motive of your report. Are you hearing me? I have studied the behaviors of certain believers in Christianity for the 28 years I've been in ministry. I've been serving for 28 years. And I've been born again for 29. But let me tell you something. The day Pastor Hubbard ordained me as a pastor in the glory of Christ church in Uganda. <laughs> Certain brothers in the church stood, made a meeting in their own home, called on other believers in the congregation in the church, took them to their home. Because this ordained guy who has been sleeping in the church with no certificate, no degree, no nothing, I didn't have a certificate. The only one I had afforded is a primarily seven living examination certificate. Huh? Because senior one and two and three, I tried and then I could not have the money. I dropped out senior three first time. How was I able to be selling milk, carrying garbages, refuse on the village and fetching water and be able also to go to school? 
and feed myself and look after my two and a half year old brother left behind after the death of my mom. And his, after the death of his mom and his dad also had died. So, so I, to them I was not acceptable. I'm driving you somewhere. This one is not qualified. <laughs> Only the person who thinks that spiritual qualification has to do with the ed human education, you are deluded. Do you know why? The Bible Corinthians says he chose the foolish to ashamed the wise. I have spoken in places and people have come to me and say, with doctorate degrees, PhD in theology, and I think I own one. I keep saying this, I don't even own a certificate in theology. So that the praise and the glory may be unto God. Of course, later, I, of course, I'm, I'm a graduate, but you cannot attribute this, this degree done when I am 30. How shall I finish it when I'm 34? Eh? So you can't attribute something that I did uh, from the age 30 and finished around age 34. You can't attribute that to the 30 years you've had me speak. It, surely it has to be God. Surely it has to be God who qualifies and prepares men. So the next time you start belittling people because of their education, God has never chosen the eloquent, the well-spoken. This thing is about obedience. This thing about God is about obedience. It's not about your qualifications. Yes, I'm, I don't say that you don't study. Go study. But do not think God is a study. Let me go back to what I was saying. We have defined slander. What is slander? Telling the truth, but with the motive to destroy. That's why for me, my spiritual father, Apostle Tony Sechans, told me, there are seven people in your life that you need to fulfill destiny. And there are also seven people you must avoid if you are to fulfill destiny. One of those is a malicious talker. A slanderer. Once I see slander in you, I withdraw slowly by slowly. I avoid people whose fellowship and gathering wherever you are with them, they are constantly gossiping another person. You can't grow spiritually. They can't advance you. Hello? Constant, me, I don't want to be repenting all the time. And actually, you are repent you're not actually repenting. You are exercising foolishness and spiritual hypocrisy. What is spiritual hypocrisy? Is when you repent of the same thing that you know you already you're going to do again. So to keep my spirit and my destiny, I avoid your company. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the seven people my father told me in the Lord, you must keep, is a man and woman who pushes you into prayer. Somebody who pushes you into seeking God. He encourages you, let's pray. Let's go to church. Huh? The one who tells you this, <laughs> ah, church, me these days, church, ah, ah, church. That one. 
He said, I've been wounded in church. Haven't you been wounded at work? Is church the only place you are wounded? In your relationships you went for. Were they church also? Did you give up dating because you were wounded? I see, you see dating sites are, uh, 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 the dating sites is the gathering, the international and global gathering of the wounded. Yeah, I remember when me and my wife separated, divorced, uh, 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 before we divorced, separated, the first year, the first six, eight months, I, I uploaded my picture on a dating website. I made sure I put the muscle and I, and I updated, even I was lying about my profile. So while you are dating, know what they are telling you. I say, I'm physically fit. I had even a belly when she left me. Chubby. But I am masculine. I am athletic. Where was I athletic? From work, eating chips and chicken every day. I'm athletic. I, even I started to put hobbies that I don't do. Eh? To, to, to spice up my, 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 my website. My, I mean my profile. And guess what? And this was a pastor, by the way. And my focus and mission was to wound them. I wasn't looking for anybody. Like I wanted a relationship. Now God, time to pay back. I'm going to be nasty. I'm going to look. So I put on and I had a book. I, I had gotten eight ladies who were interested in me. But I had picked from, uh, I'd picked specifically, um, I remember Bolton, Liverpool, Manchester, um, and uh, yeah, I didn't want to do my my no, my, 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 my madness in London. The devil was planning. You can see the devil was into this thing. Then I got, the first one was from Liverpool. She had dark, long hair. But this woman looked like a witch, you know. And, uh, but guess what? God, on the 13th of August, that's why I remember the dates. 13th of August, I had an encounter with Jesus. That hand that picked me, 2013, took me up there, changed my tongues. And when I came back in that encounter, I said, Lord, you are lying. Even if I've had an encounter, I will fulfill my mission. Came back from work that Friday. I had planned that the next week, Friday, I was to go to Liverpool to meet this one, the first one. I wanted to hurt women, deal with them. Yeah. Just to use. Now, after, now when I came back, I looked for my, my, my list. I couldn't find it. And I was living with my brothers. Now if uh, Ivan Mpaka is watching, when we used to stay with Frank uh, Plumstead, the reason you saw me, I was cleaning the whole house and moving. I said, hey, Mose, you are helping. I wasn't helpful. I was looking for the list. I couldn't find it. Went on my iPad the w until today. So in case you find my picture there, I'm not dating I, because I forgot the website. I forgot the password. I don't know which one was the dating site. My details are there. I couldn't, and, and the Lord can, when the Lord is permitted, when God is after you, you can't run. I didn't, are you hearing me? So the list got disappeared. I know my contacts, telephone numbers, everything. Because I wanted to be systematic. From one, this every weekend I go to another city with another lady. Uh, and I'd gotten eight who were interested. How did we get into this now? <laughs> Slander. Mm. Now listen. 
anybody that pushes you into the presence of God, that's what you need. Are you hearing me? Of course, listen to me. This is a problem now, most people. And you youth, if you don't, and teenagers, if you, and you, there's no children over there. If you don't learn to accept criticism, you will not be able to keep a job. I have, you know, Christians at church, when criticized, they take offense. Yet at work, you're constantly criticized for, for your bad behavior. Why are you not taking offense? And in, for us, if Emma was here, for people in HR, <laughs> when you start behaving like that, when, we, when you are um, positively criticized and you, you give an attitude, <laughs> there's what we call performance management. We performance manage you out of the door. Mm, in HR, performance management. Emma would understand. We, we con now that's when we give you more supervisions to, to, so, uh, about your performance constantly. We're writing everything on your file. We have started the journey. Even your absences, we compile everything to manage you out of the door because you're a nasty, a nasty staff. Stubborn staff. Please, my father told me, if you are to fulfill destiny, you need a, one of the seven, second, sec, seven men you need, you need a critic. You need what? You need somebody who criticizes you. And I asked him why. He told me, son, critics balance you. Critics do what? Can I quote Churchill Winston, the former prime minister of this country? He says, listen to your best friends but also listen to your worst critics because they both reveal the truth to you from different angles. The church people, when you criticize them, eh? this is an attack. It's an attack. Not every criticism is an attack. I'm, I'm under attack. Satan is attacking me right now. Is your brother the, attack, the, the, the devil now that is attacking you? And when we criticize, we are not criticizing a person. It is the behavior. The way you are carrying out your work is what is being criticized, not you, the individual. Without criticism, you can't grow. Hey, Emma is there, my brother. <laughs> Isn't it what I'm saying? Performance management. We performance manage you out of the door. Praise the name of the Lord, church. Church, the voice has gone. Praise the Lord. Uh, we were now like newborn babies. Let's go. Let's go back to our scripture. Everybody, you're gonna read. Uh -huh. Like newborn, long for what? Every born again Christian, this is what you should do. Let's start again. Read it louder. Let's go. Like newborn babies, mm -hmm. pure spiritual what? Uh huh. That by it, so that by it you may what? Not age in the church, grow up in salvation. Ask your neighbor, are you aging in the church or growing up in salvation? Now, the previous verse has shown you the characteristics of babies. Go back to verse 1. If you have not grown, what will happen? Malice. Somebody say malice. 
and all what? What is, you see, he didn't say lies, deceit. There's a difference between a lie and deceit. Can we talk about what deceit is? You see, it is not a lie until it is decorated. Deceit is decorated lies. Deceit is decorated what? So you are trying to make this lie look like the truth that it has to be decorated. That is deceit. I was in prayer. When I was praying, and I felt something, that something you are saying. Now, he's decorating a lie to make it look like God was talking. Now, it is maliciousness is the behavior of spiritual infants. Deceit, spiritual. Where were you on Sunday? Pastor, we were busy. You were in your bed sleeping. The shifts have increased. God knows there are no shifts that have increased. God knows you are lying. Something has come up. Nothing has come up. You are busy lying for not showing up. And you and the devil and yourself know. And God that you are. God knows you're lying. You know you're lying. The devil knows you're lying. So all of these people know they are, you are lying. Three of you know. Why didn't you, why didn't you attend church? Because A, B, C, D. The devil knows. Now, the devil you coincide with in deception is not the devil you will cast out tomorrow. That's why certain prayers are nothing else but nuisance noise. Any prayer made out of rebellion is nothing else but nuisance no noise or self-talk. Are you hearing me? Me, I was raised to cut the body of Christ to sharpen you. This is my ministry. I am not called to be an exciter, but a sharpener. And guess what? Such sermons are not beautiful, but I want to suggest something to you. Discipline may harden the face, but sharpens the mind. That one I had. I, you are clapping, but you know where I got it from? When Pastor Herbert was telling me off in 1994. He was telling me something I didn't like and told me, Moses, discipline, he says it in Uganda. In Chinese, that's I've just said it in Chinese. In Chinese, it says, So anybody who hates discipline and advice, actually, he, his mind is blunt. And God don't use no, doesn't use brains that are blunt. So, that's why you are being sharpened. Praise the name of the Lord. This is what church is supposed to You are here to be empowered. This is empowerment. So you go and influence your world. Not, not something. Something is going. You are taking the city. Are, with all those manner of junk seated in you, what seat are you taking? Something is, you know, there's some, you want messages like this. Ah, God is doing a new thing. Let me help you. God is not doing any new thing while you are maintaining your old character. You are maintaining the old wine skin and you are telling me God is doing a new thing until you drop the old wine skin. There's no new thing God is doing. So here, this teaching is to enable you to drop the old wine skin. Jesus said nobody puts new wine into an old system. 
old wine skin represents religiosity, formalism, and the traditions that you have that you have actually built up in Christ. Certain religious and formality. Nobody tells me mindsets, all the characters. God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. While you are maintaining your old lifestyle and it, deceiving yourself, God is doing a new thing. You are deceiving to yourself and the devil knows you are. That's why you say, I've been confessing these scriptures. I am, you say, listen, whatever you confess, if your mouth, if your, your mouth, your heart is not in agreement, your mouth is not in agreement with your heart, confession equals no manifestation. Am I talking to the church? The Bible says in Matthew 5.8, don't take away my scripture. This one is just for the quoting, they can write it. Matthew 5.8, blessed are the pure in it. They shall what? See God. Not in heaven. Because every, the Bible says when he appears, even before you go into heaven. Thessalonians says when he appears, Thessalonians chapter 4, from verse 13. When going down, when he appears, every eye will see him. So he's not talking about that. He's talking about blessed are the pure in heart, you will encounter God. You will see him in visions. You will see him prospering you, fighting for you, healing you. Are you hearing me? But guess what? To see God is connected to the purity of heart. What is a heart? It's not the blood pumping thing, which in Greek we call hadia, which you get the English cardiac, which is, you understand, hadia is a Greek word for the heart. That's not what I'm talking about. The heart in the Bible denotes this, means this. Your conduct, character, and behavior. Your attitudes, conduct, character, behavior is the heart. So when the Bible says, worship the Lord your God with all your heart, it's saying, worship him with your attitudes, conduct, character, behavior. So if you are fornicating and you are sing, you, are wash, you think you are worshiping, you are singing, not worshiping. Lying and worshiping. You are not worshiping. You are singing. You are full of hatred for another brother and sister. We worship. You keep shouting. You are screaming to yourself. Ah. Church, you're quiet. Church, you're quiet. Is the church here? Is the church here? Are you being healed? Are you being healed? Are certain things being cut off? Somebody say, I hate immaturity. Somebody say, by the power of the Holy Ghost, we are moving from immaturity to a place of maturity. Somebody say, I'm moving to maturity in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Now, let's go back to our scripture. Where were we? Like newborn babies. Uh -huh, long for what? Where were we? Verse, uh-huh. Yeah, everybody read. Uh -huh. <laughs> like newborn infants long for the pure milk, spiritual milk, that you, by it you may, it is God's desire for you to grow. I didn't hear you. It is God's desire for you to grow. Can I show you the behavior of a child? First Corinthians chapter 3. We are now looking at spiritual infancy. So listen to me. Let me say as you look there for 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me say this to you. Church, are you listening? You need to understand 
that this is now the misconceptions we have built over a period of time when we came to the church. We thought maturity is about... Maturity is about casting out a demon. Maturity is a, con a big congregation. Are you hearing me? And we thought maturity is measured. There are some people who say, me a pastor who is not driving cannot talk to me. Then Jesus should not be talking to you. Jesus didn't even own an ass. I mean a donkey, a small donkey. He didn't own it. He had to borrow for heat for transportation to Jerusalem. Uh, by the way, Jesus didn't own a plot. He didn't have a donkey. Apostle Paul. Acts of Apostles chapter 28. The very last chapter. The very from verse 20 something. 28 some, somewhere. Some, 22. This guy died in a rented house. Before his beheading. He was renting a small house. Yet he went to the third heaven. Yet we are still referencing him. It is your spirit, either your spiritual ignorance or pride that is making you to think that a man of God, the spirituality of a man is equated by the accumulation of what he has in the flesh. Because you are so carnal, you attribute everything to the flesh. Let's look. Where was I? Read, because our time is up. Read. But I, brothers, somebody reads, uh-huh. But I, brothers, could not, when apostle, the apostle was sent to the Corinthian church, he could not address them as what? <laughs> I could not address you as a spiritual people, but as what? But as people of the flesh, as what? When you walk in the flesh, you are an infant. Apostle Paul was loaded. Can you imagine a man who has had encounters with the Lord Jesus? A man is deep. A man has been at one point caught up, taken in the flesh, boom, to the third heaven. But he cannot be able to release these things to them because their spiritual infancy is negating them, hindering them from attaining spiritual, deeper spiritual truth. Your infancy, your spiritual childishness is what deters you from even, no revelation. Please, I thank you, Holy Ghost. Listen, there is no, listen, there is no, God cannot entrust deeper revelation to infants. So your immaturity negates you from deeper revelation. No matter how much you lay your belly on the, be on the floor. Lord, reveal, 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 reveal to me. Show up, show up. There are dimensions God will never show a baby. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God is calling the church to grow up. Believer, grow up. Let us, def let us profile the, the, those, the, those characteristics of a baby. Go to verse 2. <laughs> it says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual babies because you were infants. Oh, I was making this statement. Listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. Spiritual maturity is not equated by the number of summons and the countries you've traveled. You know, we used to hear when we were growing up, a man of God standing on the pulpit, I have been to the U.S. I have been to Cincinnati. I've been to Connecticut. I've been to the, and I've been to Germany. I've been everywhere. And we used, wow, those ones have arrived. Spiritual maturity is not measured. And they used to tell you, they used to come with alligator shoes. This suit, 
This suit is from then even the accent changes Abade suit and they're trying to forge, fake the accent Abade in Dallas when I was in Dallas I was adopted they told us they were adopted I was swimming and they would tell us this, can you imagine the kind of foolishness we suffered <laughs> telling us this shoe you know how much my shoe costs it costs $1,000 I'm like What's the shoe going to do with the tumor on my back? My husband beats me at home. What's your alligator shoe going to do with that? I'm here. I, am, I don't know what direction. God has called me, but I don't know where. what I should do now. He's telling me to be full-time. And you're telling me alligator shoe? Are you hearing me? So spiritual maturity is not measured by the number of countries and the summons you are able to preach and exposures, it is rather equated by time-to-time choices and the decision one makes. We can tell your maturity through your choices and decisions. Not how how much tongues you, you, you you are able to vibrate. Are you hearing me? We used to be fooled as we were growing up when you saw that sister, that brother who prays a lot in tongues. And you say, ha, those have arrived. Those who sleep with Jesus. After they have finished, on, now you begin to see what they are saying and doing is contrary to the tongues. Don't be fooled by the gifts. Maturity is not measured by the by how well you can dispense your spiritual gifts, but by by the fruit, the character of a man. That's why behind this pulpit there are many baby bishops, baby apostles in diapers and pampas and with with shnud, uh, that's German. Shnud is um, what do you call dummy, dummy. They snood now because of mixture of many languages. I'm beginning to forget, but it, yeah, you know that the thing that babies use the dummy, yeah, the dummy, yes, yeah, snood. So now, most of the people you behind here in Pampas, how can you tell a baby, a, a baby bishop or a baby pastor, baby doctor? When your wife has an issue of blood or has an ailment, and it gives you reason to divorce them, to marry another. Your decision has actually proven, regardless of the size of your congregation, you are a baby in Christ. You have a big congregation. A lot of offerings and tithes come in. You use this money for you. You have ministers that have labored with you from day one on the scratch and dug in the trenches with you. But now that you are up there, they still live the same standard. What have you reflected? Though you are famous and powerful, you have reflected spiritual immaturity. Immaturity is measured by choices and decisions that a time that a person makes. Don't be fooled. They are baby pastors in suits on pulpit in ties. 
this, why am I teaching this? To open your mind to understand. Some of you would not, nah, you would not have been foolishly and wisely molested in the church. If you knew this, a minister, take for instance, no amount of anointing permits me as a minister when I'm ministering to the opposite sex to touch their breasts. Thank God there's one of my daughters, Sylvia, there. She's seen me in anointing and ministering. Have I any single day, you, any daughters, any girls, have I ever touched your boobs? When it comes to belly, even the belly, I tell a lady, touch her belly. Or I call one of my daughters, touch this one's belly. And I hold their hand as their hand touches the belly of an opposite sex. Now you, you hear somebody so anointed that he has to tell you, I, I feel the Lord is leading me. We should anoint your private parts. And you too undress. And the man of God, and you, and you put one leg at Entebbe and the other one at, at somewhere in Manchester and they anoint you. You are as equally foolish as the one anointing you. Gullible as the one doing it. Why? And, and then you say, I, 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 the devil. No, it was your foolishness mixed with the satanism. Where is it scripturally said? Go get all your salary. Bring it here. God is interested in the 90% that you have because it is what he uses to multiply. So for you to bring another 10% for him to advance his kingdom. Now he can't tell you go bring the 90%. Is the church here today? Have you, have you been blessed? Let us explore the children and then go. Look, mm -hmm. what has he said? Verse 3, what does it say? You are, for you are still. Can you do me a favor and put that scripture again in Amplified? So that it will show us all this, so this because this is English Standard Version. Uh -huh. Everybody read. For you are still having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envy and 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 among are you not and of the behaving yourselves after and hmm, verse 4 for when one says I belong to Paul I belong to Shiloh. I belong to Builder's House. I belong to Moses. I belong. Are you not proving yourselves ordinary and changed men? You think you're so spiritual because, listen, speaking in tongues does not mean you're spiritual. Speaking in tongues is the exercising of the spiritual gift that you have. Just as somebody who is gifted to sing is exercising their singing gift. We grew up mistaking everything for being spiritual. I used to wonder why everybody that comes from the closet has a, a, face, a face set like a flint. And now after prayer, <clears throat> praise the Lord. God is good. Oh, mm, mm. 
Now I'm thinking, do we have to, to, praise the Lord. All this Pentecostal foolery, and the way we used to have, wow, that is, the man of God came a fool. Hey, when he appeared, no. How many of you say, how many of you feel the Lord has spoken to you? How many of you feel that we need to be discipled? We need to grow in this thing. Somebody say, we need to grow in this thing. Hallelujah. I will read one last scripture, and I'm serious. That's the last one. Okay, let me, let me show you it's the last one. Now listen, Galatians 4, 1. God has no business with the babies. I'm defending my assumption with the scripture. Tell your friend, God has no business with babies. Uh, desire is looking at me say, uh, uh, say, are you sure? <laughs> I will balance it. Eh? You, you, you agree with me? He has, no, yeah, he has no business with babies. Scripture is going to show us. Everybody there ready? We have already defined where baby is, isn't it? Do you know why you need all of you to be retrained? Most of you when you came to church, most of the ministers and the men of God that saw you, they, they saw our talents. They saw your talents and giftings and they wanted to use that, those to enlarge their ministries without empowering you to fulfill your destiny. They wanted just to use what you have. And that's why you've been in Christianity this long but still struggle. It's like you don't even know where you were. You don't even know, you, you don't even know what you're supposed to, to be doing. And I'm not here to blame you. I am here as a rebuilder. God told me you will repair the old aged foundations. Are you listening to me? So people came with their gifts and after you, your gift served the purpose and the congregations grew big, then you were dumped. You were sidelined. You were forgotten. And now you're hurt. And for them, you see them in jets, lands, houses, mansions. Yet you, you saw them when they had nothing when you were serving with them. But they sidelined you. They never prepared you. You were never a partner in the ministry with them. All of us are equal partners in this thing. That's the kingdom mindset. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's read the scripture so I'll let you go. Go. Now, what I mean is that as long as the inheritor, that is the heir, is a child and underage, what happens? He does not differ. He's not different from a slave. Although he is the master of all. Some of you have been saying, Lord, why are things not happening? It is your child spiritual immaturity that will negate God. Although all things are yours. It's not now. You hear people, I'm waiting on God. God is waiting on you for your maturity. Because everything is yours in Christ. Somebody say, everything is mine. 
like any mother now you know some of you parents you know you have saving 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 savings accounts for your children right but now they have no pin and they have no access yet the money is not yours you know it is for my child the fact that a child asks for a pound under your guardianship does not does not mean he's not own, owning right now savings of a thousand plus but because he's not of age can only be under the guardianship and a pound is what he's able to manage god will not give you what your maturity level cannot manage you so it's not about desire i desire to be that your desire must be proportionate to your maturity Why is the man not coming? I have been celibate. It's not all about just being celibate. How about your character? You are not a wife material. You want a husband. You are not a husband material. You want a wife. You don't even know. What, you don't have a sense of direction. You want someone else's daughter to take him where? To know where? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Lord, I'm so disappointed. I'm disappointed. You're not moving. <laughs> God, move, move, move. <laughs> anyway, it says, it does not differ from a slave, although he's the master of all. Verse 2 says this. This is what God does. He subjects you. Look, read verse 2. But he is under guardians and or until there is a predetermined fixed date by the father that the Lord knows when you have come of age, now I can trust you. There are certain things parents cannot discuss with their children when they are too young. But when they come to a certain level, now they begin to involve them talking deeper things because now you are addressing them. You remember there was a stage, no, when they are touching something, no, don't, no, they understand, no. Now, when they go beyond that thing of, no, don't, now you tell them, that thing is very dangerous. Now we are reasoning with them. It's no longer, no. But now, that is dangerous. Now, from there, uh -uh, now at this stage, I, wa I, I want you to take responsibility. I'm going to give you this five pounds. Let me see how you spend it. If you can manage a fiver, then I can trust you with a tenner. Now, here we are with uh, a misconception of faith you're thinking by faith I will get what I want so you think your faith can, give, can cause you for God to give you what you can't even chew and then that's when you take offense you should only be offended by your immaturity not be offended at God God has called us to maturity Glory be to God. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon and I know you've been blessed. 
For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website www.shiloh.org.uk And don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time.